0: wow look at all that hi, everyone. hi
1: we are going to be uh filming a live talk on my journey with tantra today uh, which we will also create into a, a vlog yes right a video vlog
0: yes um and yeah welcome welcome to the chat welcome to the chat welcome to the chat so today i'm joined by a lovely new friend hey. ashley we both live here in San Miguel de Allende. It's a small town. And for about 2 weeks I was bumping into you every day. <laughs> we yeah. multiple
1: we, times a day sometimes.
0: Multiple times. We go to the same gym and then one day when I saw you at our same cafe, we actually started talking and since then We spent some time together, and to be honest, I've been really impressed uh, by the way you embody goddess-like energy, if I may say so. (laughs) And as we started to talk more, I learned that you've gone pretty deep into the world of Tantra. Uh And this is something that's been of interest to me and some other members of the army of love community which is the project i'm running and i thought it'd be cool to come on here and have a casual chat with you about your experience with tantra and we could start from how did you discover tantra how did it come into your life
1: i will take the mic sir (laughs) hi everyone um yeah, so San Miguel de Allende is not only a small town, but a very charming, beautiful, magical, magical small town. Definitely worth a visit um, or a stay a stay mm. <laughs> for a while. Stay for a while. Um, yeah, we kept bumping into each other. You mentioned goddess energy. So that's that's really interesting. That's an interesting place to start because what is goddess energy? We may perceive it on the outside as something as one thing, let's say, and then as women or as men or as any gender might experience goddess energy because we all have our feminine side, our feminine qualities, the feminine inheritance, so to speak, you might experience it as something else. Um, growing up in the San Francisco Bay Area as a Catholic, um, <laughs> from a divorced family, um, who experienced all kinds of interesting things early on in her life. Well, I had an open mind. I also had a sense for what might be taboo. And as is common for a lot of young women who are raised um, in cultures where sex is not discussed liberally and where um, feminine sexuality is a subject of shame. Hmm. Catholic church. <laughs> um, I had a lot of exploration to do. My A lot of my sexuality was repressed. And as a result, I was what is considered anorgasmic up until I was 27 years old. What
0: does that mean?
1: So that means I couldn't orgasm through penetrative sex. Okay. Yeah.
0: But on your own, you could?
1: I could, but... Not in the ways I can now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> so um, before I got into Tantra, I explored the whole alternative community of the San Francisco Bay Area. Now, I, am, I consider myself very fortunate to have been born in that area and have had exposure to alternative ways of living and thought from a very young age because we're more impressionable when we're young, right? We're more open when we're young. Granted, I was raised with a certain level of, like I said, shame around my sexuality. So it took me a while to get around to Tantra, mostly because the way that I perceived it w- was prostitution. Wow. The way it was presented looked to me like prostitution. That's the only That was the only association I had with it, aside from there is something sexually liberating in the essence of all the women who claim to be tantrikas. And so I explored a little bit about goddess culture first. Okay. And how did I do that? Um, Well, there was this woman named Penny Slinger. She's still, she's still around. um, That I went on a road trip with an old girlfriend with to visit in the Santa Cruz mountains now penny slinger i believe the story goes was married to a man and this man had a large property in the santa cruz mountains and when he passed on it became hers and she began calling it the goddess temple Mm. and so i don't remember how i got connected to her but i was really into like watching belly dance shows and even taking belly dance classes and connecting with the whole sort of F- everything from feminist to the divine feminine in the San Francisco Bay Area around this time. So um, I I found her somehow. I was invited to this large estate and we drove down and she gave us a tour of the space and it was amazing. Um, it was just mind-blowing. I was like 24 years old mm. and she just gave me a glimpse into... A totally different way of being and existing. Um, And she had developed a goddess deck, kind of like a tarot card deck, Mm -hmm. but a goddess deck and had illustrations and photos and everything made under her own name. It's her own brand, her own trademark. Um, And she um, invited us to pull, uh, uh, do a reading with her deck, myself and my friend. And I remember my friend got spider woman Mm -hmm. and my friend was a cancer and very sensitive um and i got Kali. what's that she's the dark goddess of transformation out of india so she's the she's the one who looks pretty scary um she's like topless and she's got like a necklace of skulls and her tongue is like (sighs) like this and she's stepping on shiva which is her which is her beloved and this i believe the story goes that um Kali is actually a manifestation of of Shakti which is the feminine essence the feminine um polarity the the you know the one from which all of sort of the the feminine goddess pantheon comes from it's a uh, feminine energy and um Shakti and Shiva are are a couple okay they're consorts some may say um And somehow, for some reason, Shiva disappeared and Kali was feeling rageful about it. And she went on, uh, she went on ragefully, um, I, I want to say prancing, but prancing is not the word. When, <laughs> what's the word when you're like walking furiously through something, she's just like pissed walking through Stopping. walking through India. And then and then she's like, where where is Shiva? Like she's calling for him and 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 then she she was so caught up in her rage that she ended up stepping on him. Ooh. she she ended up stepping on him. And then the story goes, I believe that she, came to realize that she stepped on her man (laughs) in all of her rage and she became sorrowful and, and calm all at the same time. And, and, and then, um, Transformed into another one of the manifestations of the goddesses, maybe Durga um, or Parvati, which would be more appropriate for Shiva. Anyways, so that's the card that I got. And what Kali represents is deep transformation. Mm. She is the goddess of destruction, transformation, and sustenance. So she's kind of representative of the seasons, Mm -hmm. the evolution of life, um, cyclical nature of life. And, um, that card, the fact that that card was, um, pulled for me, um, gave Penny Slinger the chills. Now this woman was like 60 or something, 60, 70, and been doing the things for a long time. And she pulled that card for me. Yeah. And she was just like, (laughs) oh wow. like, oh my gosh. I like, it was just, her eyes were huge and she was like this is your card. And she was, she was bewildered. So I took it upon me to, um, to embark on a, a deeply transformative journey. I think that was around the time I was also attending the California Institute of integral studies. I did my bachelor's in interdisciplinary studies where we did a lot of studying around social justice, cultural anthropology, um, spiritual studies um global culture and you know i some of my teachers were transgender some of them were refugees um they were it was a very intercultural um uh teaching body and same with my cohort so i think we had 20 people in total more or less and we were we all came from very diverse backgrounds and so i was fully immersed in um Some deeply humbling revelation type studies, um, during that intensive program to finish my bachelor's. And after that, I moved to LA. I still hadn't touched Tantra. Yeah. Yeah. I'd been practicing yoga, Mm -hmm. vinyasa for the most part, which is what's most commonly practiced in the USA. Um, and doing so avidly throughout my, my time at, at the California Institute of Integral Studies and um, began to realize the benefits of yoga, not just in their um, benefits to my physical being, but also to the nervous system and to my clarity of mind and my overall emotional well-being and just states of being, I started feeling much more blissful, lighter. And this is coming from someone who struggled with depression and anxiety. I was also severely overweight, um, came from a divorced family and a variety of other things that were just tough in my, in my younger years. Not all of my younger years were tough, but I had my yeah. fair share of tough things going on um and hadn't really found the space or time to process that didn't even really knew no way I, I i needed that um uh and then i moved to la and then i um i was introduced to this teacher named salm isadora and she's very very well known in the tantra community um she's she passed away some years ago i never became a student of hers but i did go to one of her introductory workshops and she's a very powerful woman. Um, she's She was extremely powerful in, in many, many ways. And just that introductory workshop really set something off inside of me. It was like a couple of hours. And we did one style of breath work and had a brief conversation about chakras and did some partner practices. Okay, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it just set me off. I was like, Wow, that that changed my life. Something shifted inside of me. I could feel it mentally. I could feel it energetically. Um, I felt like my my whole my mind just expanded and opened up mm. with just a brief a brief workshop. It was insane. Um, still didn't go into the hundred with depth. Still was kind of averse to the whole sexualization of Tantra in the West, actually. And that's why I never chose a Western teacher. Well, I didn't until much later. Okay. What I ended up doing instead was being invited to travel to Brazil. Um, And I stayed in Brazil for three months. And I was practicing yoga on the beach and meditating on the beach every day. And I had a vision that I needed to go to Northern India. Mm. It was in my third eye. I could see it. I could hear it. I could almost taste it. I it was a very vivid vision and it lasted a half a second and I knew it was northern India because I as soon as I saw it I then zoomed out like a bird's eye view and I could see where I was where in the world I was being called. Mm. Now there're there are a lot of other stories layered into this and maybe we can save those for another talk. But <laughs> but um I went to my yoga teacher in Rio de Janeiro and I asked him you know, if I'm supposed to go to Northern India to study Tantra, where am I supposed to go? And I said, you definitely have to go to Rishikesh. Well, of course, I was like a little skeptical. I was like, what is this Rishikesh place? Is he sure this is the right place for me? I did a little Googling, my own research. Um, But it was very clear to me that I had to go. There was a very clear calling that it was time to go. And so I had someone subletting my space in L.A. at the time. And I, it was as easy as calling her and saying, do you want to buy my car and my furniture? I need to go to India to study yeah. tantra. And she said, yeah, sure. <laughs> and that's how I knew. That's honest. how I knew. Yeah. I was like, well, that's a clear path, right? There's no questioning that. Um, there was no deliberating. It was just a clear, firm yes. And so we made the exchange. And a few months later, I was in India. Um mm learning under Vivek Gaur, my teacher from Bharat uh, heritage, um, learning mostly Kundalini Tantra, which is the breathwork, and um, a lot about the chakras and the elements uh, associated. And, well, prior to that, I did train with Agama for about a week. They're they're a slightly controversial school that's based out of Thailand. They were burned down a few years ago. <laughs> um yeah the head teacher there has a um has a questionable reputation but this is also um common in the field of tantra because you're working with sexual energy and um uh it is said that male teachers have a much harder time uh holding strong boundaries and being discerning around trauma and I don't know why exactly i'm not prepared to talk about on that today but um i did train with them for about a week and i didn't feel a strong resonance with them although i did learn some interesting rituals um and i wanted to move on to more personal purification practices i felt like i had deeper work to do on my subconscious
0: personal purification
1: Mm -hmm. kriya Kriya yoga, which is um, the foundation of kundalini yoga. It's what breath work is all about. It's what chanting and meditation is all about. Um, Yeah, and so I found it, and I I pursued that. And um, I stuck with that for a while, actually.
0: How long did you stay in India?
1: I was in India for three months, but I, I kept the practice as a daily practice for a year. So I would commit to about an hour and a half every day. Uh, well, I mean, any yogi does about that, yeah. you know, yeah. and I completely changed my life as a result, completely changed my life, C- changed my relationship to sexuality, changed my body, changed my mind, uh, became more in touch with my consciousness and my essence. My nervous system was just completely reset. Mm. And, um, yeah, I reached some interesting places also through my meditations. Um yeah, reach some interesting places.
0: <laughs> I feel like I just took a little trip to India there. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> uh, something, a couple things that's uh, interesting to me. I feel like oftentimes, before we're really ready to jump into something like Tantra or Yoga or a lifestyle, there's like stepping blocks along the way that mm. lead us there. Mm and if it weren't for penny slinger and pulling the card you know maybe you wouldn't have had the experience you had at this um intro to tantra course what was the the woman's name that passed away
1: psalm isadora
0: psalm isadora Uh rest in peace sounds like a lovely lovely soul and then you know like that cracked you open a bit but still not full in i need it and then it's sort of like those seeds were planted and then at some point in brazil you have this vision Mm -hmm. with clarity Mm -hmm. and next thing you know you're you're on your way to india Mm -hmm. um i think that's cool because sometimes in my life tantra not so much but it could be an example of like something i've been interested in and i kind of force wanting to get into it it's not like i'm being pulled into it it's almost as if i'm coming from a place of lack and it's like oh if i practice this then i'll be this holy spirited man or more than i am today Uh, but ultimately i find that when the time is right you really know and you kind of get pulled to it and that can take time to happen uh tantra For me, uh, at the surface level, before I knew any better, I just associated it with sex. And to be honest, at that time, being a bit insecure about my sexuality and like sexual experience, I kind of turned away from it in a way. And over time, I learned a little bit more, and then I became friends with a few people who have gone deep into the world of Tantra, and through interacting with them, I've come to learn that there's much more going on than just uh, sexual enhancement or whatever my, my ignorant mind, although that seems to be a strong side effect oh, sure. of the practice, yeah. which which is interesting and exciting to me. Uh, part of what I wanted to talk about today was sort of getting a wider perspective on Tantra and this isn't to say that you're the Tantra historian and give us the whole background this is specifically about one human's experience with a way of life and that one human is you Uh, so why don't you share why don't you tell me a little bit about some areas that tantra has expanded or deepened your human experience and that, that could be sex but i'm more curious to hear uh what other areas this has touched your life and i'm sure continues to touch your life
1: great um gosh where do i start where do i start um Well, first of all, let's talk about the definition of Tantra. Okay. It It is translated to expand and to weave. So there's a certain expansiveness that one can experience through Tantric practices. And there is a profound integration, a vast and profound integration that occurs as well you know that movie um gosh it had scarlett johansson in it and i think it was out probably six years ago where she kind of became a superhuman And she was in Asia and there were like people coming after her Uh and then she was turned into like a USB or something like she just became like an information hub because she had became super intelligent.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Do you know, and do you know of the tantric master named Osho? I do know Osho. Okay. So Osho has a book that's called um, Sex to Super Consciousness and it's all about the effects of a tantric practice on our consciousness and what i experienced years ago when i began to study and practice ritualistically on a daily basis ritually was something that felt like super consciousness there was there and there still is. I'll be honest, I'm not doing my breath work every day. Yeah. I do it very regularly, and I do it when I'm whenever I'm hosting private retreats with my clients, I'm doing it with them. And there's a deep sense of calm and expansion that comes along with that. However, as someone who had just come to the practice, it was mind blowing. It was it, oh gosh. It felt like I had connected to unity consciousness and I did. I've connected in so many ways and I have some amazing stories.
0: Yeah. And this is through breathwork. This was primarily. through
1: this was through breathwork. Okay. And it alt it 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 created an altered state of consciousness so that I began to experience uh things Beyond what most humans, I believe, are experiencing in their lives, there were psychic things that would come through. Um, there have been moments where I've been in play parties, in in sex temple type environments, without and without touching anyone, without doing it, and without even touching myself, without even doing breath work. I've gone into complete psychedelic states no not drug induced but so altered so enhanced by the sensitivities that i i now carry with me as a result of these practices that i was able to see the unified field that we live in okay. and sense the movement. So going back to Penny Slinger and my friend's card, Spider Woman, yeah. <laughs> I felt like I was a spider on a web and I could feel and I could see, literally see okay. movement of energy and about how far away it was or the intensity or intention of it. And uh those are just some of the experiences.
0: Well, I have a question. Yeah. So from the having a psychedelic experience at a sex party if we want to call it that uh without touching yourself or touching others would you say it's some level of tapping into the energy of the room that's being cultivated by the participants who actually are physically engaging like if you walked into a library is there less static? Is there less energy to tap into? Like, does this does this environment open the door for you to tap in and then have this sort of psychedelic trip with yourself?
1: Yes. And I am able to sense and feel this no matter where I am. Okay. It's just at varying degrees. Gotcha. So I can feel... I can feel other people's energy. I can see a lot energetically. I can perceive. Yeah, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but the be- but the beauty, the beauty of tantra and the the spiritual side of it is that it cultivates a profound sense of love, mm. compassion. And openness yeah. and acceptance because it's about expansion and integration. It it's it's my experience with it has supported a non-dualist perspective on life. Okay. And so, when we're walking around with this perspective and these abilities, we're not walking around judging. Right. We're walking around perceiving, mm-hmm. understanding, empathizing, and potentially more capable of serving yeah. the needs of others which makes it a little less scary to hang out with a tantrika, right? Right. <laughs> For sure. A little less scary. Do you want to hear more stories or do you want to ask me another question?
0: I want to hear more stories, but I have a question around ritual and daily practices. So you said at some point you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you you came back from India and then on your own you maintained a level of daily practice, which was around an hour and a half, if we had to say. One, what did that look like? Like, was it a combination of breath work and yoga? Was it the same thing every day? And then two, I'm really curious around the like the motivation to stick with that daily practice. Um, I know for myself and many other people I've talked to, we try to implement daily practices. And again, I think a big part of it is this coming from lack or coming from love. Mm -hmm. So when I'm coming from lack, it's like, I need to meditate and do yoga to be more on point point. And when I'm coming from love, it's like, man, I love my body. I'm going to do some yoga right now. And it's more of this expansiveness than like trying to be something that I'm not yet. Uh, What I'm curious about you is it sounds like you came back from India and there was like a passion that was fueling you to keep with this. And then you say like, oh, I don't do the breath work every day now, but I use it in my my retreats and with clients and stuff like that. what was it that was fueling you to stay with it every morning and in that even in your most aligned phase of that were there mornings where you woke up and you're like i don't want to do it but but i have to or like a higher version of myself is pulling me to the mat to show up today Were there struggles? (laughs) That's basically the question. Of
1: course there were struggles. Yeah. (laughs) I'm human after all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, mm. Well, first of all, it was a calling. When something calls you, you're almost under the control of that calling, whether it's, whether it's, belief in fate or whether it's something bigger um than ours than a simplistic belief in faith which can be often influenced by our subconscious and a lot a lot of that's what a lot of religion is based off of right is is it it convinces people that there's a certain faith Mm -hmm. like reaching heaven or paradise and they have to act a particular way in in order to get to that place in this particular life and they have to sacrifice all the worldly delights usually except under certain contexts and except in certain religions (laughs) there's some exceptions um so first there's a belief right and then there is the discipline that i inherited from my teachers okay. so a certain level of discipline there were visions that i had during my training
0: what how did they help you refine your your own discipline was it like leading by example like holy shit just being in the presence of this teacher Well, leveled me up
1: i i was in i was in a Small town in India Mm-mm. with not much to do, mm-hmm. but practice. Mm-hmm. And I, I also put myself in that position. Right. My teacher's commitment and faith in me and desire to see me excel in what I do had a lot to do with that as well. Um, and then things started happening. Yeah. You experience things and then... Why wouldn't you continue? Why wouldn't you continue? You know? Um, Because the path just gets richer and richer. Even today, I'm experiencing brand new things. And I went to India nine years ago. So it's infinite. There's an infinite... Tantra is literally infinite. Everyone who practices it agrees that the potential and the experiences and the journey is an infinite one. Does that answer your question? It does. Okay. Is there anything else I need to address?
0: <laughs> uh, no, I think I think for me, it's reaffirming uh, to hear your story and and my belief in the power of community and having like teachers and coaches along the way and. You know, you can explore things and take it on yourself and maybe sometimes that will stick but it seems to be extremely beneficial to go away for a camp with some experienced teachers and really surrender to what they have to offer. And I think it really opens you up on another level. I feel like and I could be wrong here but I feel like practicing tantra if, if that's even the right way, oh, yeah, sure. way to say it mm-hmm. from the people I know and from what I've learned I feel like practicing tantra opens up a deeper appreciation for all that comes with the present moment and really like tuning in to your senses and a friend once said like making something, taking something beautiful and juicy from like mundane, like seemingly boring moments and really like tuning into the juiciness of the present moment rather than turning away and distracting ourselves with cell phones and the million other distractions we have today. Something we briefly talked about before, which I think would be cool to touch on now is just this idea Of heightening your senses. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell the pancake analogy. And then Mm. you can explain. Remember the pancakes. Maybe you can help us. Maybe it doesn't have to be like a step-by-step booklet, but it would be cool if you could open the door for me and for someone else to kind of see maybe what are the first steps to take in this world. So the pancakes. We got three pancakes. And we have butter and syrup. So if on my first pancake, I cover it with butter and syrup and I eat it, wow, it's going to be delicious. But then if I try to eat the second pancake just plain, chances are it's going to be boring and I'm going to be craving the sweet, buttery sugar of the butter and syrup. So I kind of have this belief that if you eat the plain pancake first you get a level of enjoyment from it then if you have butter on the next one it's like whoa upgrade and then on the third pancake you go for the butter and syrup and you have uh you know a food orgasm if you will a food gasm a food gasm <laughs> but i recognize that in my life i'm kind of addicted to the syrup and butter so like if i wake up in the morning and i take a handful of blueberries and i shove them in my mouth and it's like a punch of flavor you know i love that but i dream of a world where i start with one blueberry and just enjoy all the simple sensations that come from that plain pancake (laughs) before graduating to the butter and syrup And I've talked about shit like this online before and a few people have said like, hey, like that's related to Tantra, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't fully understand how or why. But I'm curious when I brought this up to you, you mentioned that before we even get there to eating the pancakes, it's about exploring and awakening our senses. Is that is that an accurate summary of how you describe take us there?
1: I wouldn't say the first step is to explore our senses. I would say the first step is to eliminate distractions. The first step is is to eliminate distraction. The reason being is because um, in most meditation and energy-based spiritual traditions that I have come across, the stillness of your mind is the gateway. Mm to nirvana and I can attest to that. I believe that I've touched nirvana or moksha in my meditations, specifically when I was in in, in India. And he, interestingly enough, enough, I was in a shopping mall in Bombay <laughs> when I had a very transcendental experience in my meditation. I was like, this is the weirdest place, but that's Tantra. Yeah. It it incorporates all things. Um, and maybe I needed to be in a shopping mall. I, used, I had a pretty bad, what I would call shopping addiction when I was younger. So maybe mm-hmm. that was... Uh, Maybe that was the transformational experience I needed. It
0: was part of it, yeah.
1: <laughs> no urge to purchase anything, mm-hmm. just a pure state of bliss. And how did I do that? By removing distractions, removing impulses, calming myself from the inside.
0: How did that come about at what I would imagine would be a loud shopping mall?
1: Well, this was during a time that I had been practicing daily and I was in an immersive for weeks up in Rishikesh. So you just, like, tuned in. I was primed for it. Yeah, it was like it was at the peak of my conditioning, you might say, or one of the peaks. Um, So the first step is to remove distractions. And the second, I would say, and maybe they go hand in hand. Really they do because if the body is operating on toxicity or trauma or sugar or tobacco or alcohol or... (laughs) An addiction to buttery, syrupy pancakes. (laughs) I mean, that's not the worst, honestly. (laughs) Um, In fact, I would even say um, pancakes with butter and syrup on it, as long as it's nice, organic maple syrup, sugar-free, and um, similar quality um, pancake batter. That would be what we call in yoga a sattvic dish, which means it contributes to the the balance and the um, and the stability of your inner being versus something like hot Cheetos, <laughs> which is like oh goodness, with cream way. cheese, <laughs> um, which is like the you know it's it's highly stimulating in a almost an addictive way. You eat yeah. one and you just yeah. your mouth's on fire and you're like ah. Well, there are foods that do that and 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 substances that do that. And there are personalities that are more prone to that than others. Um, and those, do not, those, those dietary habits are not conducive to, uh, to dropping distractions or to purifying the body or to helping yourself come back into a true state of homeostasis or deeper balance, um, making sure your organs and your nervous system are in decent shape. Um, once we get there, the body and the mind and the genitals <laughs> and the essence all become much more clearer and much more in tune with one another. You give them an opportunity to communicate and connect and you give yourself an opportunity to become more conscious of that connection, of that innate connection. And Tantra is meant to help us discover a way to live in our arousal on a daily basis um and we i i really truly believe like we can only get there um if we're not feeling sluggish yeah if we're not addicted to things um, because we talked about that in our previous talk around uh, how addiction impacts the brain and, and impacts the dopamine levels and how we become dependent and how that's not actually a true form of pleasure, sustenance or stability within the body, but it's it's grasping for external sti- stimulation and, and it's coping because there's something under there that's unheard, you know, that it's a need that's not being met. Um, and tantra... In its, in its ability to help us realize these connections also helps us listen to our bodies and our essences more. We can actually understand more deeply what's happening, what has happened, why we function the way we function, how we can change it if we want to. And we have the clarity and centeredness of mind to see it through. It's a full integrated practice, mind, body, heart, soul, Um, and it leads us towards sustainable turn on.
0: Sustainable turn on. Yeah.
1: It leads us to be able to live with a little bit less in terms of stimulation, coping for a lack of connection, coping for a lack of pleasure, of pleasure in our lives and gives us a little more of self-generated pleasure. Mm. So once we can tune into our own arousal, like I can right now just tune into my turn turn on. Yeah. Like literally right now you can hear it in the change in my voice. Right. right? Once I'm able to just do that, why would I, well, I don't need to depend on anything else really. Mm. And it's a great sort of um, compass for what's a yes in life. Yeah. What is good, right, and natural for your body? And then you you follow that.
0: Yeah.
1: And that is the weaving. That's the weaving of Tantra. And that's the healing of Tantra too, because it's it if your mind is centered and like I said, I'm human and I still I still get a little screwy sometimes. I mean, in the past few years I've 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 definitely experimented with different things and I'm a lot even though my foundational teachings are purist and traditional, I have dabbled in neo-tantra and hedonism and other things. Um, also for the sake of supporting my, my clients and, and understanding different um, perspectives and experiences in this lifetime. Where was I going with that? Um, if you stay clear and centered in, in your mind and you... you tune into your arousal and everything feels connected and and easily listened to then it's it's um and and if you practice good boundaries then it's (laughs) it's easier to to stay on the path yeah it's easier to it it, it's 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 rewarding in and of itself it's also great motivation but it's effortless in a way it becomes effortless
0: um yeah I have a question about that this is lovely thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. uh I I love how you said the stillness of your mind is the gateway to nirvana (laughs) it was probably eight years ago I had a moment in just being like superly over analytical of myself Mm -hmm. and I was like man I think the answer to everything that i've been questioning is stillness like can you be still and content and satisfied you know go in a room and sit down for four minutes with nothing and are you good are you do you feel safe are you are you freaking out and want to go on your phone and eat sugary pancakes like that's generally how it feels for me so i've felt for a long time that stillness really is the way and then hearing you talk about eliminating distractions and eating food that is nourishing for the body and kind of keeps that river of energy flowing uh, i think we're in a time in life and i'm sure it was always this way but right now it really feels like distractions are at an all-time high Like TikTok, let's just throw TikTok in there. And everything plays a part. But my sort of view on society, for for a lot of society, is that we're overrun by information. Like we're taking in too much information. Our nervous systems aren't calm. Without the guidance, education, and sometimes willingness to slow down for a few minutes, and I like to say recenter with ourselves, uh, oftentimes we just get caught up in a loop of distractions, mm-hmm. which ultimately ends up being a lot of our human experience. Mm-hmm. It's just being distracted left and right. What advice would you give to someone who's listening to this and they're like, wow, I love what you're saying. I would love to live in my own arousal and be able to sort of feed myself with energy and get high off of my own supply to some extent. (laughs) Uh, You'd be a fool to think that you just listen to this and it's going to happen. Things take time. It's a practice that you deepen into a, a muscle that you strengthen as an example. What would be some practical advice you would give to me for example Mm -hmm. someone who's aware of meditation takes pretty good care of himself but still feels like i'm leaning on those external pieces maybe not for validation as much as connection there's some validation in there as well but these addictive tendencies i've talked about porn a lot smoking has been something for me that I'm working away from but I really feel that pull to an external source and I don't, I don't feel that full connection with myself mm. is it meditation is it a combination of things is it going to North India is it signing up for your next retreat what do you say yes please do yeah. that
1: no um you you posed a lot of examples in there porn smoking yeah. like TikTok. there's a lot um aside from like a meditation practice or picking up yoga, which I'm a huge advocate for because that was my sort of gateway drug to Tantra, mm-hmm. so to speak, and it just has insane amounts of just benefits. Like it just I, you can't go wrong with it. Um I would say start with a question. Ask yourself, what are you seeking? from these external sources? Mm -hmm. Are you seeking comfort? Are you seeking humor? Are you seeking an escape? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And why? Why are you seeking these things? And what can you give to yourself in order to bring it back home? For instance, let's take porn for example because we were just talking about that the other day and it's so fresh on my mind we're seeking we're seeking pleasure we're seeking Mm -hmm. pleasure right in a a world that can feel really rough sometimes we're seeking dopamine we're we're seeking we're seeking to not feel things that hurt there is no better person to provide yourself with pleasure, with touch, with beautiful, sweet, affectionate touch, with a walk in the sunshine,
0: mm-hmm.
1: with anything that provides a dopamine hit, with some loving words, or like even just putting your hand on your heart. There's no better person than you. If we want to talk about accountability. For if we're talking about turning, becoming mature, integrated adults here, yeah. we have to take responsibility for our behavior. And we either have to go and find a teacher and sit with them if we have a really hard time with discipline, which some of us do. I was a rebellious freaking child. Like, yeah. I wanted to do everything my way and not follow the rules and when i told my mom i was taking a backpack to india after i sold all my stuff she was like why do you have to go there and i was like cuz you have to go to the source <laughs> but really uh, i needed yeah. some strong medicine yeah. and i needed i needed to be to be provided a container
0: yeah
1: so if you can't do it on your own then you find support but there really i believe like if you're if you're already meditating and you're aware that you've mm-hmm. got some things going on and you're living in community well enough you know what can you give yourself what do mm-hmm. you need why and how can you give it to yourself in a way that supports your highest evolution and in the meantime just being compassionate and accepting for what is don't criticize yourself don't badger yeah. yourself don't be hard on yourself because that's not going to get you anywhere it really yeah
0: yeah yeah.
1: So that that's what I would say. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. Thanks for asking. Yes.
0: <laughs> I I feel like there is an opportunity when the urge for impulse shows up, say it's to smoke, um and some like if it's coming from a really present mindful place. I'm not against that. Okay, I'll go have a smoke. But oftentimes it feels like it's fueled by some level of escapism or avoidance. And in my experience of years of kind of having some addictive tendencies and a level of awareness with it, uh, it's only been recently that I've started to sort of really tune in with the feeling as the impulse arises. And like you said, like ask myself, like, what am I seeking? And to be honest, some days I'm like, fuck that, I don't want to go there right now. Just give me a goddamn smoke, right? And even in that, trying to have grace with myself and my experience, because if if you're going to do something, do it, right? Oh, yeah. Um, But oftentimes I'm able to see that it's a part of me that feels worried or anxious about not being good enough and rather than
1: yeah
0: being with that uncomfortableness i
1: knew that was coming
0: yeah rather than, it seems to be the root seems to be the root of a lot of this um, and something i like to practice that may be useful to someone out there. Yeah, the mic stopped, but this will get the audio. So, uh, something that's been a cool framework for me is in those moments you kind of identify like, oh, you're scared that the online course you're building is no one's going to buy it, and it's it's not going to be good enough. And I go to visit that version of myself, mm-hmm. and like you said, like, well, can, can you give? what you're missing to yourself, can you give that love to yourself? And sometimes I can, other times I have to play a little bit of a game with myself and I act as if I was visiting a friend mm-hmm. who was working on something and had a a moment where they lacked self-confidence and they were down on themselves. Mm-hmm. And how would I approach them? And it's authentic, it's not being fake, but it's really coming from a place of unconditional support and love, Mm -hmm. saying, hey, it's okay if you feel like shit right now, but, like, you're amazing. Mm -hmm. And if you believe in this, it's going to be great, and Mm -hmm. it's going to work. And it's like, to your point, can you be that for yourself? I think that's a really powerful path to to take.
1: There, There are some serious sages that have walked this planet, right? And... Um, there are people who are highly accomplished spiritually as well. And first of all, I still smoke occasionally. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm not the most accomplished spiritually accomplished person in this world. She's human. I'm human. And even if I was super spiritually accomplished, I'd probably give myself some tobacco or weed yeah. or whatever if I wanted it right. in the moment and do it without attachment. Yeah, I would do it and say, well, that was nice. And what's next in this present moment experience, right? Um, my teacher in India, my Tantra teacher also <laughs> jokingly once shared with me that he smokes a cigarette per week just, okay. just to stay like, just to, you, just to stay in that.
0: Keep one foot with the humans. Yeah, I guess yeah. I
1: guess that's a way to say it. And then, um, you know, there's a there's a quote that I really love, and it says that the master has failed more times than the beginner has even tried.
0: Ooh, that's strong.
1: There is tons of stumbling on any path, tons, yeah. and. Especially if you're doing it without a teacher, if you're doing it solo. You're gonna have a harder time, and that's just and that's okay. Right. That's totally fine. There's no one here telling you that you must accomplish something any sooner than you're truly ready right. or truly meant to. I think your we put timeline. Put that pressure on ourselves. Sometimes. Your timeline is a hundred percent acceptable. You have to trust your timeline and trust yourself. Mm. And if you remember. That you're going to stumble and fail occasionally if your launch is not going to be as successful as you hope or that doesn't mean that you're not good enough and it doesn't mean that where you're going is isn't where you're meant to be is just part of the learning mm. it's just part of the experience and 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 the the way you take it the way you learn from it the way you manage that shit yeah that is going to determine more of in your of your long-term outcome than the thing itself it's really in the attitude yeah so next time you're struggling with something like that don't forget your attitude makes for more of your future than the stumbling block that you're facing in the very moment
0: i love that an attitude of gratitude
1: (laughs) (sighs) Yes. yes and discipline Stay focused. Yeah, yeah. Dis- <laughs> discipline is, is the word of the week for me. Stepping into, it, stepping into
0: deeper discipline with myself. Thank you so much You're for welcome. coming over and just for existing and being in my life. I really appreciate our connection. It's a pleasure. Where can somebody find out more about you? Like, I'll put your Instagram in the notes below. Uh, just briefly tell us about some of the work you do and... If you have any programs coming up or anything like that, that people can check out.
1: Okay. Yeah, I do online coaching with mm-hmm. all genders, uh, singles and coupled people and throuples. Actually, I haven't worked with throuples yet. Uh, I don't, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm not I'm <laughs> going to go there, but um, I do online coaching. I do, um, I do have a couples retreat coming up here in San Miguel de Allende in February of next so. year um that's going to be on a beautiful golf course setting with a pool overlooking the high desert and Mm. yeah with some really cool i've already got some couples signed up and they're really awesome and fun nice um i do private retreats for couples here and in sayulita mexico which is in Nayarit, closer to puerto vallarta that's the beach it's a lovely beach yeah and um really anywhere in the world technically speaking Um, with enough planning and preparation. And you can find information for this on my website, com. Okay. So it's the same as my Instagram and my
0: Facebook. It's Mm -hmm. all the same. The brand is aligned.
1: It just makes things simpler. My
0: my Twitter name is different than my Instagram. And I'll be sure to put all of that in in the notes in the description on Spotify and YouTube, wherever else we put this. Hello, world. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hello, world. I don't know
1: where you're putting this.
0: <laughs> I don't either, yet, but on multiple platforms. But really, thank you so much. And yeah. we've talked about it, and we're going to continue to talk about maybe coming together and putting on some fun little retreats or one day workshops here. So, again, just a little sell to san miguel don't (laughs) everybody come all at once (laughs) but it's really a lovely place and such a a cute town filled with synchronicities Mm -hmm. which is really like the story of our our friendship yeah and it will continue to grow so thank you for taking some time
1: my pleasure thanks for inviting me yes thank you (laughs) thanks for watching everybody
0: thank you